So you're a fan of Atlanta United. And you heard ATL on Fire has crazy insights to your favorite team. Or maybe you're just here for the crazy. Amar said it? You've got to be kidding me. Nah, I'm here to produce, keep the sanity, and of course, drink wine. Or maybe to hit the buttons. And crank up the crazy. Whatever you're here for, we're going to talk about it all. I'm Dave Cass. I'm Mikey Dobbs. And I'm Carmen Butler. And this is... The ATL on Fire Podcast Show. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of ATL on Fire, the podcast where we talk all things Atlanta United football. And as always, I'm joined by Dave Katz and Carmen Butler. How are y'all doing this evening? Good. Very good, yeah. Is this the podcast where we've been downloaded lots and lots of times? We have (laughs) finally... Hit ten thousand downloads just on the just in the audio. Woo-hoo-hoo. I know we're not. I know we're not the most promoted uh, podcast out there, but that's exciting. A little of the hard work, and Absolutely. you know we've had. Some yeah, that's work. just one part of it too. Yeah, just because we got the YouTuber yeah. channel. Yeah. The, yeah. Thanks for y'all who are watching. Yes, the live stream and watching all of the hard. Uh, edited clips that Simon has been putting together Thank this year. Thank you, too. dear podcast listener. And uh, yeah, so to to celebrate Dave the the ten thousand downloads and the shenanigans on the show, you brought us a great red wine from yes the which district? It's, it's Napa Valley, but it's Stag the Stag's Leap district, which is a particularly ritzy part of Napa Valley. It's Clota Napa, uh, it's a Cabernet. Um, what do y'all think? Really good. <laughs> really, really good. It is very nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, thank you. That's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm going to say, what was it? Complex? <laughs> yeah. No, I don't know. It definitely has like some like fruitiness in there that's very different. I don't know what, what that flavor is. You, you identify in that? It's day? a bit unusual because it has like the slight fruitiness and then like a really big sort of earthing terroir kind of yeah. thing. Like it's it's a pretty unusual com- It is. You know, yeah. complex. Um, anyway. Very good. It's very nice. And speaking of red wine, again, a reminder, uh, our sponsor, Wild Heaven Beer, who makes fantastic beers. Yeah. Uh, they are now serving lovely red wines, white wines, Chardonnays, uh, all sorts yeah. of spirits at their location. And shout out to uh, Wolf Mountain Vineyards is one of those up in Dahlonega. Great time of year to get up to Wolf Mountain Vineyards, by the way, if you're yeah, looking Yeah, we're headed there soon, right? Are you? Yeah. Changing of we are. season. The podcast yeah. is. Yeah. Oh, we Let's are. I hope so. We are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you, you threw out a date, didn't you? Let me, yeah. Let me uh, go podcast from the vineyard. Let me see if we can make that happen. Um, <laughs> and uh, we've got a two-game recap, Dave, of the Philadelphia Union loss where we were down 3-0 at half and ended up coming back 3-2. We'll talk about that. And then our final home game of the regular season versus probably the the you know, most solid team in the MLS, the Columbus crew coming to town and we end up squeaking out a draw last minute. So, correct. um, you know, unfortunately I was not able to see the first half of the union as playing soccer myself, uh, sadly. <laughs> what? You still and play when soccer? I, when I came, came in at halftime, I saw that. Uh, Aren't were, you too old for that? Definitely. <laughs> uh, they were just putting in the final third goal that really obviously was putting it out of reach at that point. 
Yeah, we did well, put up a we we did put up a fight. Say out of reach, but we came back and yeah. scored two. We we scored two with enough minutes left where yeah. How did the, you, the pressure so was you're on. Saying there's a chance. So you're saying <laughs> Samsonite. Um, and uh, yeah, which what do you want to get into? Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa! Before we get into the oh. recaps, oh, what what's happening? What's happening? You know what I have? Oh no, it's been a while. Oh, ATL no. on fire trivia. Uh, no, people. I thought it would be a good time to just kind of quickly reflect on a few stats on okay. on where we're uh, rounding out the season here. I like whoa. it. Um, I like it. So, for those of you not familiar with ATL on fire trivia, uh, this is my shenanigans of pulling up random stats on the interwebs <laughs> and putting them out there for Dave to answer. He's got the lifeline of Carmen if needed. <laughs> And uh, any any of, the, any of the listeners who are who are streaming stream, streaming help. in, feel free to comment on what your answers might be here. Um, but just as it stands here, with one game left, I think you probably know where we are in our conference. But if you stack up both conferences, where do we currently rank in overall MLS teams right now in terms of points? Well, there's only I, I think the answer is so the only two teams in the West that are above us are LA Galaxy and St. Louis. Okay. Right? Because everybody else, although it was very, Seattle basically was tied with us. So I'm not absolutely sure whether they're sort of one point ahead of us or one. But the interesting thing is third place, basically we're good. We were for a long time, we were good enough for third place in the West, even though we were seventh in the East. Um, We're not seventh anymore. Thankfully we're six. But so it's just a question. There are five ahead of us in the East and there are at least two ahead of us in the West. And it's just a question of whether it's Seattle and I feel like, what if they're tied with us? Does that count more or above us or below us? Um, I, I, I am uh, going to say that a, I tie is included in the answer here. Okay, so I'm going to say seven then. So we're eighth in overall, tied eighth with Seattle. Yeah, so seven ahead of us. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Let's see. I can't remember the button. We're in eighth, eighth place. Yeah, got that right. Nice Good work. Job. All right. All right. So yeah, you confused me with the seven, seven ahead of <laughs> five ahead of us in, um, the, in our conference yeah. and two ahead of us. I think you're going to get this one right too, Dave. How many games did we win on the road? And bonus, if you can name name the teams we won against on the road. Well, we had the I, big win at Seattle. We had one win very early. I think was at um, Charlotte, right? Yeah, one of our best wins, right? <sighs> and this <laughs> is basically it. Um, so, those two for sure. Did we win one other one somewhere? Uh, it's not more than three. It's either two or three, and I know we won at Seattle. Um, Who are the awful teams? Any right? lifelines on the comments here? Was Let's see. Anybody helping you out? Carmen, what do you yeah. think? Did we? Oops. Did we? Uh, uh, did we live? Did we win one more? I mean, it's been really bad. It has been bad. <laughs> Whether it's two or three, it's still really bad. I feel like we must have. All right, won. go for an answer here. Should we you just choose. go two, you two choose. or three? Which one? Uh, let's go two. The answer is three. Damn it! We also <laughs> it, it was remember that Damn it has to be one. Isn't it? Remember that home stretch we went to Seattle, I believe, yeah. and then we went to Montreal and actually beat oh, Montreal, we went to Montreal too. too. Yeah. And we that we randomly got that six points right yeah, that we yeah. weren't expecting. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh man, um, sorry about that, Dave. Yeah. 
Okay. So it's okay, Carmen. We're still <laughs> solidarity. We're all right. How many goals did we give away so far this season? More or less than 50? That I know, because we've conceded 51. Oh, nailed Woo! it. Doesn't even blink. <laughs> all right. Well, on the flip side. I know this because the whole point of this podcast is my point about that. So okay. all we'll right. get well, back to the you'll, end. You'll like this next trivia question, which okay. I bet you, you know as well, which is how many goals have we scored this season? More or less than 65? It's 63, so less. 64, but oh, less. 64. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, but look pretty, at you, cats. That's strong. impressive. You're not even giving the chat people time yeah. to answer. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, okay, so I'll slow Mikey down. Mikey Dobbs and I reached the same part of the internet. So. <laughs> How many PKs did we take this year? Take or make? Take. You know, the interesting okay. thing about it is, right, you know, so people are talking about, so, you know, all that, like, like the, the golden boot race, right? The big thing is that, like, Gigi hasn't made a single penalty because Almada's our penalty taker. And Almada hasn't been great. Nah. Um, and we haven't had... I we, think he's only missed one, though. Just yeah. that one? Yeah, but, but, it was but one, one out of not that many. We haven't had that many. 75% conversion ratio. <laughs> and so. it was a really bad miss, too. But anyway. We just give him a free kick, like you said, outside of yeah, the Yeah, he so might as well put it. <laughs> right? From, from 22, he's better <laughs> than a penalty kick, right? I mean, seriously. Oh, we got an answer in the chat, but we'll okay. let you... Uh, the colonel, whoever you may be, says yeah. Three. three. Yeah, it's it's right around there. We you know, for a team that has as much offensive firepower, as much possession as we have, and as many dribblers as we have, our number of penalties that we've gotten is pretty woeful. I feel like it's slightly more than that. Like we just got another one. I'm gonna go that it was more like four or five. It was four. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All well right. Done. Well done. Very okay. well done. <laughs> uh who had the most minutes played this season out of everyone on the roster? Good question. Because there's been coming and going and whatever. Yeah. It's oh, got to be Brooks Lennon. Oh, that's a good one. You nailed it. Yeah. It's, it's Brooks Lennon. <laughs> I was thinking about it. There's only yeah. one player. Brooks Lennon. Yeah, he hasn't really time. gone anywhere. 2,880 minutes. He um, played 32 games and started 32 games. So it sounds like he missed. There's been 33 games, so I guess he's missed one. Okay. I don't know if he had a little ding or oh. if there was a... I feel like they rested him for a Maybe, while. I feel like they rested him, yeah, too. Yeah, it was one that he was rested. He was rotated. Yeah. Oh, Colonel's on it. Yeah. <laughs> Lennon. Yeah, and, you know, it was, it was funny, too, as I, lo I looked at it here, um, who I was surprised that Brad Guzan is, is third after Almada being second. Because if you recall, Guzan had that little bit of a, you know, injury yep. or, yep. like, re oh, repause right. for his, his Achilles. Yep. So I was surprised right. to see him. Coming in at uh, at three there, and uh, what else? Yeah, I was looking at Brooks Lennon's stats too. So you know he had four goals this season and ten assists, Dave. Mm -hmm. But he had a substantial amount more minutes in games this year. I mm -hmm. think he was he was yeah. dinged up a little bit last year. So on the whole, he's kind of had a very similar season to what he had last year, just because yeah. he had more minutes, very consistent. He benefits a lot on the assist, too, because yeah. his corners, right? We are right. so yeah. dominant on corners. Between Miles and Gigi, right? I mean, we are dominant on corners. Yeah. We're really good offensively in corners. This is softball, so I'm going to give it to Carmen. Oh, no. Carmen, no, what's the worst when they put Who <laughs> has the most assists in Major League Soccer? 
You act like I watch anybody else besides Atlanta United. I this is ATL on fire trivia, though, so there's a little bit of a hint. Oh, so they're on our team? Aha. So yes. there's, there's your lifeline right there. Crap, yes. Colonel, help me. <laughs> Come on. You know who's our leading assist. Yeah, it's who's, obvious. Yeah. Oh, wait. Oh, um, no, I'm going to get it wrong. See? I want to say Almada, but I can't yes, be Is it Almada? Okay. Almada has like 17. Does yeah. he really? 17 assists. That's right. Oh, wow. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Okay. All right. Oh, and you got to go to where my heart is on uh-huh. ATL and Fire Trivia, which is how many shots on target did Miguel Barry have this season? <laughs> <laughs> it's really low. It's like okay. two or three. Yeah, it it's, can't be more than... Okay, really so he low. scored one. Shots on yeah. target, just on frame. He scored, he one. scored one, so that's one. Oh, he I can't... He hit the huge, amazing volley, and I think I'm going to go toward, with two more. There was one towards the goal, but that's not on frame. No, right? Right. Scott actually hit the goal. So what did yeah. you go with? I think I'm going to go with three. Shoot. Uh, <laughs> it's not many. It's not... I, you know, I don't even say two, correct? Less than what five. Is, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely less than the five. The colonel says one, but... Okay. Uh, and, and, but I think it's definitely more than one. Dave, you nailed it again. It's three. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> <How do> you? <laughs> uh, three shots on target. But even good. more staggering to me, he's only attempted nine times. Yeah, that's so nuts. You are a striker. And he, he started some games. Some, some strikers Dude. get nine in one game. I was say, <laughs> like, when Gigi was hurt. Yeah, Hold on. So he started 10 games. He what? P- he played yeah. in 27 games. Yeah. Y'all are lying. No, he yeah. started 10, no. played in 27 games, and had over 1,000 minutes, 1,028 1, minutes of soccer Please. for Atlanta United. And those are his stats as a striker. You and our know. coach continued to put him in when we have, note, Josh Wolf, who only had 642 minutes, oh. 18 games played, nine shots on target. How many goals did Josh Wolf have, do you think? Four, five, five. Five goals. Yeah. yeah. Okay, not even a striker. And you're like, oh, well, you can't play a guy who's not a striker in the striker position. <laughs> oh, yeah, you can. Yes, you can. Oh, my Why God. not? Okay. You can play so, a guy who scores in the striker yeah, position. Uh, <laughs> I, I have to say, I have to relate this story. I think I told you guys, but for the audience, I relate. I was walking into the stadium <laughs> the other day, and there was a, a, a young woman who was standing next to me at the cross light, and she was talking to a friend of hers, and she was saying, Dear God, if I have to, if Pineda makes me watch Barry ever again, I'm going to effing blah, 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 blah. blah. <laughs> uh, and I, and so, so I gave her an ATL on fire sticker. Love it. Well done. Well played. She deserved the good stuff. You needed some bottle yeah. openers, yeah. The, the good swag for I'm her. Like, uh, yeah, that, that, that woman knows what she's talking about. Mm-hmm. How many red cards did Atlanta United receive this year? Not many. I'm trying to. Not Did Eric Ujo get any before he left? Um, Probably. <laughs> I'm like, he's the old, um. It's got to be one. It's either one, two. Oh, and then uh, Gutman got one, didn't mm-hmm. he? Or some something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, yeah I'm going to say sure. two. Let's go two. Well, you guys are on it. So oh. Arisia had one. Uh-huh. Gutman had one. But there's another player who's no longer here as well that had the third. 
Is he? Do they send him to Canada? They did. <laughs> Ibarra, Ibarra had the Ibarra, third. Of so course. all three red cards came from players who okay. are no longer on all the right. roster. Okay. So that's yeah. it for ATL on fire, people. Oh, all right, I like it. Trivia. Any other any other interesting stats, Dave? You want to fire back at me or challenge us with? No, I'm going to return to the goals. Okay. Eventually, but so we're going to maybe get, we'll close the podcast. We're going to go to the Philadelphia Union game yep. and the goals that came in the first half. Against Atlanta United. So if we start, we have to say, so we now have the same starting lineup. It is One thing is very clear. Finally, for better or for worse, Pineda has decided what his, what his favorite starting lineup is. It yeah. is very clear who the starting lineup will be in the playoffs in the first game yep. if everybody is healthy. Sure. So we got Guzan, Lennon, Miles, Abram, Wiley, and then in front of that you've got Josetu, Moyamba, Almada, and then you got Silva and Saba and Gigi up front. That's correct. Okay. You got it. All right. Um, and I will say that the other thing about the lineup is Etienne in the last two games has finally made a return back to the bench, but still no Sosa. Yeah. Uh, so Sosa's gone. I mean, yeah. he's, he's not even making the bench on our team. He yeah. has appeared on Atlanta United's social media. He did some, like, weird, I like Could you co- imagine? I mean, this guy thing. is a really, I mean, he was talked about, you know, as potentially an Argentina player, young guy who comes, like, an Argentine international yeah. player, I mean, comes here or whatever, and now he's not even making our bench. I mean, he's kind of an example of a very good player, in my opinion. He's kind of ruined by being brought over by an MLS team and mismanaged yeah. and miscoached. I agree. I hate to say it, but. That's just a fact. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people out there here in Atlanta that don't think Sosa is a good player. And right. I just am like, again, like, Disagree. what are you watching? Yeah. Like, <laughs> the, you were watching the aftermath of other bad decisions by tactical coaching right. that then end up on his shoulders. And Yeah, if, you, just, if you're just watching the ball, as most casual fans are and most terrible coaches are, then... Um, you actually could see that Sosa doesn't look that good because, yeah. you know, if somebody else makes a mistake, he's over there, and then he's trying to cover for them in case he gets beat. But if you actually watch off the ball and you do the things that he's doing and you look at the actual recoveries and you look at the things that he does on the ball, he, he's a terrific player. Mm-hmm. Certainly way better than Josetu, and to, in my opinion, better than Ibarra. Yeah. Um, what do you think about him versus Moyamba? Oh, way better than Miyumba. You know, it's interesting because everybody's in love with Miyumba, and Miyumba is a good player. He's yeah. he's certainly added a dimension to our team. Yeah, um, that's for sure. He's an all-action player, um, and you know, he's good at what that doing that. He's yeah. really good at that. Um, I I have said this before, and I will continue to say it that Miyumba is a luxury player. Yeah. So you're saying, based on what Atlanta United needs, you're saying Sosa is definitely the better solution and better player for the formula of of who needs to be a starting starting eleven. Like you said, luxury player because we have other players that um, can put the put the ball forward or take the ball in a forward position, like Almada, obviously up front up there, and and we have you know. Two players like like Moya, even Moyamba sitting back right with Sosa, like we've said, would be a better solution. But uh, I mean, Miyamba does a lot of good things, right? So he's good in the tackle, wins some balls back. He's good, you know, 
box to box to you know possession kind of player and he'll pop up with a creative pass and whatever and help us score goals he's good on the ball right so all of those things are positive right but that only works if you have another midfielder who's actually really good tactically and um, defensive and it only works if you have another midfielder who is you know pretty offensive he's not good enough to carry the offense on his own He's not good enough as defensive midfielder. And you would say, look, there's a role for a box-to-box midfielder. But he's not a classic box-to-box midfielder either because he's just so tactically all over the place. He's so aggressive, which works. If you put him in front of a really good defensive midfielder, then forget about it. Then he's a force multiplier, which means that he makes the team way better. But if you put him in a team that doesn't have that... He becomes a liability, yeah. and that's why I say he's a luxury player. It feels like, man, there's no reason. Like, I would love to see Moyamba if we had that back line just like a rock. Let him mm. let him play like he wants to play. And let, sure, there's let, certainly. I, I would love to see that, and then we wouldn't have let three goals in like we did versus Philadelphia, right? Yeah, I mean, the, the one thing that is absolutely clear in this late, the latest run with this starting lineup, they keep saying, you know, the one game that Pineda was suspended, it was the assistant coach, and now it's been Pineda two or three times. It's a, so much more transitional than we thought, it, you know. We are a little, you know, we got into it and it was more transitional, right? And they, they're arguing that that is like us made some decision to get into transitional. It is not. It is our tactics and it is the players, right? The reason why it's so transitional, and, you know, we can go to the tactical board if you want, but basically Josetu, like, always immediately goes to five yards in front of the center backs whenever we lose the ball. He just literally is locked in there, right? And uh, Muyumba is all over the place. Now, Pineda kind of argued they were playing a double pivot. They're not playing a double pivot. So in a double pivot, they take turns going forward. One guy sits in while the other guy goes yeah. forward. That is not true. Josetu always sits in and Muyamba goes forward. But the weird thing is they sort of are playing a double pivot. So when Muyamba is back, instead of Josetu playing a true defensive midfielder where he would go side to side and seek out the ball, he lapses into a left-right like you would see in a true double pivot. Yeah. Which is really weird to have a guy who's a true defensive midfielder, never leaves the middle, but isn't playing as a true defensive midfielder. He's playing as part of a double pivot. So when you have a double pivot, those two guys have to work together to be a defensive midfielder. When you have a true defensive midfielder, you say, look, go. You hawk the ball and but block I wouldn't people. even, like, Huzetu is not a true defensive no. midfielder. No, he has no instinct <laughs> like, for a, it. He's not good a, in the tackle. Abara no. was a true defensive midfielder. Abara is a true defensive midfielder. And I just, which it was, like, if you didn't like Sosa all along, right, which clearly Pineda didn't, right, and they had to trade uh, under 22 initiative, I don't know why Sosa is not in Canada. If, if, Pineda had any say. It's so exactly. weird, right? That is so true. Exactly. If he was gonna, not that. even going to make the bench, why not have shipped him up? Ibarra was the guy who was starting. It is very clear that the front office doesn't always see it the way Pineda does, which is a problem, Yeah. right? Mm-hmm. You got to either back your coach or get rid of him, right? You can't be like, we think Sosa's the better player and then have your coach not play him. Right. That's yeah. madness. Yeah. So there's something there's something amiss there and all, all of that. I agree. Something so. highly amiss. And I, it might be a good moment for me to point out something that I thought was really, really surprising. So I saw some interview with, with uh, Lagerway, 
and everybody's going, you know, all this thing about, you know, our, our mid-season acquisitions were terrific. You know, that yeah. transfer window, mm -hmm. right? You know, the yeah. Miyamba, the Silva, the Saba were yeah. terrific, right? He said, whether it's true or not, that that was not him. That was all done ahead of time by Boca Negra. Wait, what? That that Loggerway <laughs> has come in and uh -huh. he approved all that or whatever. Right. But that was already in the works prior. And so he was not the guy for who was res primarily responsible for identifying those moves okay. and making those moves. That, that was makes total sense. I mean, to identify okay. those players, yeah, that takes time yeah. to target them. And it's not like that happened overnight. Because everybody says, you know, Bocanegra sucks. And now we're doing much better. So it's Loggerway. But it turns out Loggerway said it wasn't him. Okay. All well, right. so... Okay, so but I, I've I've yet to ever be a Bocanegra out guy. I agree with you. I've never said that ever on the show. I've never said that. Outside of that, to me, after we won the championship and the turnover there, when we were all in salaries, yeah. we were just a mess, and we just got a bunch of cheap players who were terrible, yeah. <laughs> right? That was a disaster. And that turnover from that championship team to the next one, he, he managed poorly. But after they caught their feet of that, the next set of players that they brought in, to me, it's all been good. I know that some players haven't completely hit, you know, the Barcos or the Petey Martinez or whatever, but, yeah. you know... We've had a lot of good players here. Even yeah. guys who people don't like. Yeah, Araujo was a good player, right? Yeah. Like, I don't, to me, I think, you know, uh, you know, identifying as a general manager, those players are more than good enough to be a really good MLS side. Yeah. And and by, like, I've never been a Bocanegra out guy. Like, it, you know, there was a point during all this, the turmoil that I'm like, it would maybe make sense if you had somebody better lined up than Bocanegra. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be, like, crying about it. But at the same time, yeah, I, you know, I think he's done pretty well over most seasons, bringing in talent with obviously a big paycheck, right, that, that Arthur Blank can pay to bring players into this club. But at the end of the day, the coach has got to do better, you know, with, with the talent we've had. I think if there's a critique of Bocanegra, it's not so much in terms of player talent identification. It's the, like, the salary. Sometimes we gave some people salaries yeah. that we shouldn't have. Yeah. And that hands, you know, it, it basically, you know, basically handcuffed us a little bit in terms of what we could how, do. How does that work between, like, a Lagerway and a Bocanegra in terms of negotiating salaries and transfer fees? That's all Bocanegra that does most of that legwork, correct? And then, like you said, Lagerway kind of approves it? Well, you know, yeah, I think Bocanegra is still in charge of, you know, identifying and acquiring talent, you know, and Lagerway is a true general manager. So he's in charge of everything overseeing that. Yeah. So he comes in and says to the team that's identifying talent with Bocanegra, yes or no. But I think what he did is he knows MLS really well. I mean, one thing Lagerway knows is he knows how to all the TAM and the GAM and all the, the you know, BS that mm -hmm. is MLS rules, right? <laughs> and he knew he came in and he said it was a mess right and he he clearly one thing that he clearly has done is he came in and said here's a plan to get us out of the mess where we have flexibility like even right now like the things that they made, did the moves with saba whatever right so silva was brought in not a not a uh, designated player and saba was yes was brought in as a designated player but he's just above the line where he can be bought down with tam money yeah. so that means, and we've been talking about it, is that two things. One, so right now Almada is a designated player, but he's a young designated player. Mm -hmm. He's going to graduate out of that in about a year. 
So if we want to keep him long-term, there is a spot for him. Or if he leaves, we now have a designated yeah. player spot to actually get our true replacement. So they've given us that flexibility. Do you think that we'll go to four designated players next year, though, and that kind of changes the dynamic of that? I mean, who knows with them I mean, Who knows? I'm sure the playoffs are going to change format. So uh, of course. Maybe we'll get a fourth designated player. You would think so. It seems to have been coming for a long time. If I were a betting person, I'd say yes. Yeah, I'm sure, but, I'm sure Miami's pressing on that with the apple deal and messy and to bring some more friends over well miami keeps talking about um modric right Right. that he's about to come right he's got to be a designated player right you can't get modric without a designated player spot right yeah yeah. (laughs) even though he's old i mean modric is like ageless he's just like an energizer bunny just Uh keeps going it's like this wine (laughs) (laughs) yeah gets better with age Uh. all right so Philadelphia, Dave. We'll keep going. Yeah, so the very early game, Saba hits a cross, and it's the trailing hand of the Philadelphia left back, Hariel, right? And I don't know, you know, if you necessarily saw it, but so basically he crosses it, and his arm, Hariel's arm is back like this. No penalty kick. And this is where, you know, I mean, the, the new Tottenham coach, you know, whatever the Greek guy's name is. I can't pronounce it. But anyway, uh, he's not Greek. Sorry, he's Australian, but he's got this funny name. Anyway, um, so um, he keeps talking about what's crazy is you can't have a system where you have like three of the top coaches would look at the same play and they would make different decisions. Yeah. Because right. then it's just arbitrary. And right. he's right. Right? The, yeah. the, the, the handball in the penalty area has become an arbitrary thing. And, and I think... By definition, it's it's extremely hard call whether it was in a natural position or not and blah, blah, blah. And this is where we keep talking about it would really help referees if there was something in between penalty kick and nothing. I I honestly credit you a lot with this idea. Yeah. Like, I really believe, like, I mean, because that's a huge move for IFAB to undertake to change that rule. I mean, it would be one of the biggest changes in soccer history. Correct. But in the modern game, the way that it's being called, I'm so tired of tuning in <laughs> to soccer games and watching people play with their arms behind the back. That's so it is frustrating. Really frustrating. Your idea of saying, okay, when it's in the gray area, we're going to give you a very good chance to take a you know free kick mm-hmm. outside the box, eight, eight feet out or eight yards out or whatever it was, where you can get it up and over the wall and have a really good chance of putting it on net or you know, chipping it over and giving somebody a chance for a header or doing some sort of trick yep. practice play, right? Where you're also, you're also bringing that into global soccer of like, you know, there's going to be more set plays outside of the box. It becomes more of training mm-hmm. and more of the game. It's, it, it actually really is exciting if you think about it. Hell of a lot more exciting than being pissed off, kind of disappointed, even on both sides. Like yeah. you kind of feel yucky about it because you're like, that happened to our team last week, and you're like, well, it's karma, but it's not because it's so confusing on what a handball is. I think, you know, the interesting thing, the counter-argument is that if you do that, then it becomes so subjective. But it's so subjective right now, yeah. as we just pointed out in this call, right? Yeah. right? I mean, if you talk to, you know, if you took every MLS coach, yeah. right, you'd probably get like a 60-40 or a 55, you know, yeah. for, you know like... yeah. Yeah, but it's that's like, a problem. It's like you said, you you get all you need to know that you're do, making the right decision is it goes to VAR. You got the 
to the, all the people who are like talking over each other because we heard that in the EPL now how many how many cooks are in the kitchen. Yeah. If you got two people disagreeing or there's any sort of disagreement at all, yeah. unless they're in unison that that's absolutely a penalty kick, right? Uh-huh. Under the five, yep. five referees on there, like you voted out real yeah. quick. Like if, if it's not unanimous, it goes to the kicks outside the 18. So I like it. You could simply solve that with yeah, like a democracy type of thing there. Yeah, yeah, because you say, look, that hit his hand clearly. It's a handball. But, but it didn't, it wasn't, you know, a clear goal score. So if, like, it's a shot and it hits his hand, it would have gone in. That's a PK. It's got to be a PK, a clear goal scoring chance. Right. But if it's a cross on the edge of the box, I mean, if you stick your hand out and block a cross, sure. But if it's, like, just trailing arm and it's, I'm not sure if it's in a natural position, then that is an unfair advantage for the defender because he actually stopped a cross that could have led to something. But... How many crosses do you have a game? It's not like that's a goal, right? So right. then you just hand him a goal if you give him a penalty kick. Or if you give nothing, you say to the defender, that's fine. You can go ahead and block that. And there's got to be something in between where you say, look, don't do that because you're going to give up something dangerous. But no, it's not an automatic goal. Yeah. So then I watched a little bit of the highlights, too, uh, coming into this. It looks like there's another chance where like it came down to GG and he tries to lay it off. We didn't get... We had a lot of close moments like early on in that yeah, game, right? Yeah, so it's a whip ball in from 36th minute, whip ball in from Lennon. Gigi knocks it down. I think he was trying to trap it, actually. Yeah, yeah. But it ended up looking like a perfect knockdown, and Muyumba walks right onto it from the penalty spot. Puts it on frame. He puts it on frame. He causes Blake to make a good save, but you have got to, to score yeah and if you're out there you know people are like well how do you do it right because blake's so good the way you do it is the joseph martinez there he would open up his hips right and then at the last second close it and go the other way yeah and because blake is leaning he's really good at reading it yeah and he read Muyamba, and he was so read it so early that he actually made a pretty routine save out of yeah. it even though it was well, a decent shot he he didn't open up his – he had his hips open. I think he played with the inside of his foot. Yep. And it was kind of like a soft mid-height uh, shot that, you know, was easy yep. easy for the keeper, to, if I'm remembering this correctly, when, A, yes, he could have opened his hips and cut it near post, right, and totally, you know, taken Blake by, by surprise there. Cameron, you want to show the clip? Yeah. Or, or actually here – he could have just ripped it down and low, and then it wouldn't have been an easy save. The bottom like, line is that's got to be in the back of that. Bottom line has got to be in the back. you got to do better. You can't put it in an easy... he had all day running onto that easy, ball to pick his spot. Hip level, easy easy mm-hmm. hands-on save. Like, you got to do better. Mm-hmm. You you rip your foot through that even the far... Like, right where he was going and put it low. And this is the interesting thing. Like, Miyama doesn't look like a finisher, which is fine. He's a center midfielder. But he gets in the box yeah. a lot. He makes pretty good runs a lot. Okay, if you do that, then you better be a better finisher. Otherwise, you yeah. get that. So I know you you were texting, like, this is what you get when it's a wide-open game. Mm-hmm. There was clearly no, like, we went in there with the attitude we're going to just get more goals than you, right, and not have any sort of defensive shape. Uh, yeah, it was this, like the 20-something minute where I texted you. I said, once again, against a good team, the play is extremely wide open, very entertaining, yeah. but it is definitely a recipe for conceding many goals. Yeah. There you go, Dave. Dave texted that. <laughs> yes, you know, did. yes, he did. So, and then we proceeded to give up three in the next yeah. you know, twenty minutes. <laughs> yeah. So, right. and especially when the writing's on the wall, when you have that hot start like we did, and you don't get lucky with 
not lucky. You don't get anything from the ref on what seemed to be a clear handball. You don't get the uh, splash in the back of the net there that we just saw with Moyamba. You start to worry. You're away against Philadelphia, mm-hmm. you know, a very good team who can score a lot of goals and doesn't mind playing an attractive, stretched-out game themselves. Mm-hmm. Look out. Yep. So what happened next, Dave? Well, what happened next is they scored. <laughs> they <laughs> scored. And honestly, actually, on, on the Apple TV, I don't know if you all were out there, but they were so late. They were doing, like, a replay or something, and it was a free kick. And so not only was Atlanta late to realizing that they were taking the quick free kick, the camera was like <laughs> the producer in the box took too long to flip it over. And actually you couldn't see even on the replay, what happened. You yeah. couldn't see at the actual free kick because they only caught the tail end of it on the actual clip. So you couldn't see the whole play. There it is. <laughs> so you're like, uh, I don't know. I know we were, we were shambolically oh. not ready. And then the other thing that happens is they score on a bicycle oh. kick and the bicycle kick do you think that old Braz, Aston Villa, Braggers Island gives that? I mean, he looked like a like he had lead in his butt on he that one. He had yeah. lead. He wasn't moving. That ball was not hit very hard. I mean, yeah. it took all day. Oh. Yeah, it was kind of sad when I watched the replay. I mean, Brad that. doesn't even look like, you know, he sort of said he should be able to go both ways, and he looks like he got caught leaning the wrong way, which yeah. that's not actually caught leaning the wrong way. He just couldn't get there. That's really bad. Yeah, I th- and I, I don't know whether he actually save it. Maybe his heart save, but he got to be close to that ball. Yeah, I agree. All right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Carmen's son Troy would have been close to that ball. Probably would have saved it. Back to the notes, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Their second goal, as usual, Philadelphia is allowed to absolutely move through the midfield at will with the back strapping off. It allows them to run. That gives to a- uh, Abram gets turned at the top of the box. And to me, again, the shot goes through, I think, Abram's legs, but Guzan gets nowhere close to it. Mm. And it is not a super hard shot. Okay. I mean, maybe you want to show it, Carmen. I don't, I don't know. know. That I was playing soccer at this moment or coming off a soccer game and missed this goal. So let's, yeah. let's see what you're, you're talking about this here. Is it. All right. <laughs> oh, wait, is this? Oh. Yeah. This is the wrong one. Let's it's see. It's the wrong. It's the wrong one. There we go. No, oh, it is. No, it's really go. wide open, right? There's nobody in the midfield. They play it. He gets all day. He plays to his guy. Abram gets turned right here. And oof. Oof. And it looks like it's sort of hit hard or whatever, and it does sort of go through his legs, but he's a ways out. And Guzan is, I'm not sure Guzan should have saved it, Look, but he's know. nowhere close. He's got to get a hand on that. He's got to be close. Because the other thing about it is, and and this is a weird thing, psychologically, if you start seeing that over and over, you know, and these guys watch film all the time of the, the games you're playing against, and this is the angle right here. Yeah. So if you know this, you get real confident playing against us because you're like, I don't have to put it in a corner to score. Yeah, yeah he got down late. It was really late. I yeah. mean, yeah. I mean, I'll and bro- again, I don't know. This is the thing about Guzan all year. It hasn't been like egregious giving up a goal but i keep saying and i don't know which ones he should have saved or not mm-hmm. but there have been a good six seven of which he should have saved at least half yeah uh, maybe even a little bit more and that's you know if we give up four less goals 
Yeah. I mean, that's a huge difference in where we are. It doesn't solve a lot of the problem we have. But, you know, the opposite, like Philadelphia that gives up actually way better chances than you think, but then Blake bails them out yeah. over and over and yeah. over. So did Guzan give up more goals so far this year than in 2018? Then in 2018, how about that ATL and fire trivia? <laughs> the answer is, I oh, think, you know, I'm pretty sure I saw today at the, and I was going to put this in the trivia that yeah. he gave up more goals in 2018, which I was shocked. by. Really? I'm pretty sure he gave up 41 and he's given up like 38 this, this year. Huh? We, we should go to that and check it out on the, I know the he's, stats, he's but. got the worst record in all of MLS in goals against per minute. Yeah. Worst, number one worst. This year, yeah. worst. Yeah. Which actually, you know, statistically backs up this idea that there should have been some things that have been saved. Yeah. Now, you said the third goal was pretty solid. By third goal was pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> I actually saw that you one. Gotta, you got it. Yeah. It's a really good team goal by Philadelphia. Yeah. Right? They moved the ball. And that's the problem, right? So if you give up soft goals, you know, then you got to really have pressure. And, and you, if you give up a good goal on top of a soft goal, then it's really bad. Yeah. Right, so you want to talk him about it? Yeah. So cross into the center, chest it into a guy, cuts it back, and just oh, just really nice, nice Very play nice by goal. the yeah. by Good the move, man. Up front players. And sometimes, you know, if I were the coach of this, you know, you know, yeah, maybe we could do some things to help avoid it. But yeah. the bottom line is, there's only one way to truly avoid those goals, which is basically to dominate people and have the ball. But um, and then sometimes, even when you do that, you got to tip your hat and be like, yeah. "Good goal." Yeah, was that yeah. Miles? No, that guy. It was Miles. Yeah, somebody should have. Somebody should have at least gotten some body on the guy yeah. that chested it. It looked and like not made it easy for the guy to chest the ball. That was really. The only critique I have, because it was a, a classy. Yeah, yep. very nice. And then, so, okay. So, so then our our yeah. penalty kick, right, is a glance header off corner, off a corner from Saba elbow. Um, and it was not a penalty kick, in my opinion. But I told you, I started texting you. I'm like, they're going to call it a penalty kick because the makeup call from the first half one that should have been. This is a classic one where I think it must go to your rule because there's <laughs> enough people that absolutely believe that that was a penalty kick, right? And mainly because you could argue, I, I, I'm i probably more leaning on the classic side of things and saying <laughs> that's not a penalty kick like you. Yeah. But he did kind of push his, even though his elbow is down here, I'm saying he's making his body bigger by, and he knew what the hell he was doing. He he jabbed it towards the ball. So to me, in today's era, I'm calling that a, a penalty. It's kick. a glanced header from like just in front of him, and yeah, but he's look, putting his arm in watch, like a chicken wing. Yeah, watch it. Yeah, he's kind of <laughs> watch his eyes though. When you watch it in real time, it's actually easier to see. I think he's moving his arm out of the way of that, yeah. trying to get his arm out of the way of it. I think that's a really really soft penalty. I I would agree. I cannot disagree. <laughs> I just, I, I just think he knows what he's doing with his arms there. I mean, and it's if, a little awkward. If you look at the first one in the first half where Saba crossed it, it was so obvious his arm was out like this and yeah. hit it. Yeah, and that one was not even as close. That was glanced. Yeah. It was right in front of him. How was that? Hundred percent agree. That's just <laughs> nuts. Sixty um, third minute. Um, they have a shot that was a terrible shot. It was right at Guzan, and he was like, hands, and then no, and then feet, and then at the last second closed his legs, and he fell over and just barely kick-saved it. Yeah. It was awful. <laughs> I mean, it was 
it looked like you or me on the soccer field, Mikey Dobbs. <laughs> and I, I have sympathy, but I'm like, you can't have sympathy when this is your professional team, right? Um, well, we don't. We don't need to see that. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, um, okay. So now subs. Let's talk about the subs. Okay. 65th minute. Fortune for Josetu when you're down by three. What do you think? Um, I'm not a huge fan of Josetu, especially in that many minutes in the game, but I don't like fortune at all. So I'm not a fan of that at all. I think we got better options. You know, the interesting thing is Josetu is a ball-playing guy, and the thing about – so I don't mind sometimes – you know, sometimes people think you're down a goal, you have to bring on attacker. And sometimes you bring on a better defender, you get the ball more up the field. Yeah. That's great. And so maybe do that. But Fortune doesn't seem to me like a better defender. I mean, I mean maybe he's young. He's young. But he yeah. right now is not a great defensive midfielder, yeah. in my so, opinion. I know. Carmen, do you have an opinion on it? Dave, what, what was your opinion? So I think not so good. Not so good. No, I know. Clear there, okay. <laughs> so then mascara for Silva. Yeah, never a good move. Well, you know, go ahead. No, well, go you ahead. didn't watch no, the game, but yeah, I was just going to say, Silva had a terrible game. He, he looked awful to me. Yeah. So I actually didn't mind that as a change of pace. You know, everybody's tired. Mascara is better when everybody's tired, right? Yeah. And, you know, I thought Silva was really bad, so... Um, but sometimes the players looking really bad has their moment towards the end of the game. But to be honest, Saba looked really bad too. Harriel just owned Saba. Saba, yeah, well, you could tell he was just, you could tell, yeah, maybe he got owned, but he was, Saba was having an off day. Like there was a moment where he dribbled it kind of into a dead end and fell over, right? It's like things weren't happening for him. I was like, mm -hmm. you know, why not switch Saba? Somewhere else. Yeah, that was the thing in the in the uh, in the Columbus game too, right? When he brings on Mascara, why not have Saba can play in the middle? Pineda, get out of your stupid, stupid positional like black you know box. He has no think outside the box ability whatsoever. Yeah. Right? You're a winger, and that's what you do. You're a defensive midfielder, what you do. God bless. We should never play two defensive midfielders or extra attacking midfielder or put an attacking midfielder like Wolf as a forward or something like that. Yeah. Never. Just doesn't happen. Yeah. This is your role, and that's all yeah. you're going to do. Right? Um, you know, now I'm not one of these guys who's really in pro of like tinkering all the time or whatever, but. You know, especially late in the game, you want to bring on a guy. Why can't Saba move into the middle? Yeah, I love it. Uh, we've encountered an air. Ah. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, so now 77th minute. Uh, terrific overlap from Lennon past Mascara, um, who switched it out right. Um, and um, it was a fantastic pullback ball for Miyumba from Lennon. Yeah. His shot was not great. He really mishit it, Muyamba again. Uh, but he did force Blake into a fabulous save, even though he didn't really connect well for it. He should have scored just right off that one. Yeah. But then Blake makes a fabulous save, not surprising. And then he had a chance, like he thought, like, maybe I should backheel uh. it. And instead of backheeling it, he now, Muyamba had real composure. He yeah. didn't try to just quick backheel it, and we mm -hmm. never would have scored. He took the extra touch. He found Mascara with the click one, and, yeah. and Mascara scored. Now, the one thing, if you watch this, watch Mascara no left foot, right? You Outs will never be a finisher. Right watch here. this. 
Oh, well. Right? Yeah. That will never get you goals in real league. If I were a scout, I'd be like, moving on. Right? Because he got very lucky. I mean, he happened to actually, he didn't even hit it well. Right? He yeah. hit it right at Blake. The only reason why he scored is Blake slips yeah. and falls in the goal when he's getting up right there. And then he saves it. Yeah. Or he's about to save it. And he's trying to get out of the goal to save it. <laughs> That's the only reason why he scored. Oh. Yeah. So that should have been left foot, which would have allowed him to hit it up. You cannot, with the outside of your yeah. foot, get under that way. With any power. With any power. Yeah. So the left foot would have gone up into the thing, and then Blake had yeah. no chance. But That's not a way to score. Composure, but he scored. Composure by Muyamba. Yeah, I totally thought he was going to back heel it there, too. And he had composure not to do it. Smart move. And then a few minutes later, so now we're back to 3-2. Great. So what are you going to do? The sub is... Barry for Muyamba. Oh, I was I saw that happen. <laughs> I again was losing my mind. I was like, I cannot believe we're here. Where I said I would stop being somebody who would go to Atlanta United games if we continue to see Miguel Barry, and here we are, still I, I or honestly, Miguel Barry. I don't get it. I honestly don't. Three shots it. on goal. This is going to. He keeps bringing him on when we need a goal. That's the part and I didn't he never get. Never scores. So why would you bring him on when we need a goal? Well, let me be the average okay. fan base that's not paying attention. It's like, we don't have any other options, Dave. We Who's our other? Oh, we didn't sign this other guy that from. What's yep. his name? Uh, Tiare. Tiare? No. Tiare does come on. Josh Wolf. But he comes on after Barry. Yeah. We don't we had Josh Wolf who was available, didn't Yeah, come by on. the way, Josh Wolf got scored five goals yeah. in six hundred minutes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Much better player. And the reason why he did it is because he needed a forward. He needed a forward who sucks, <laughs> Pineda. He's absolutely <laughs> terrible. You should be despised. No, I don't get the wrong word. What is it? <laughs> should be ashamed of himself. He should really look in the mirror and and ATL and Fire Trivia and explain to himself how he could continue to trot out a player with that it. kind of stat. I don't I don't get it. And not only the stat, like I again, take the stats and throw them out the into the garbage, right? Like it's the eye test that he's missing here. It was what we we talked yeah. about in the last game yeah. where he didn't even run to try to crash in the box. <laughs> he let two other midfielders lap him and not get into a position to score. Yeah. Amato and, waved him on the way by. And, and, <laughs> I'm going to go. Where are you going? And, and by the way, MLS, MLS and Apple TV or MLS is not going to get any better at commentary unless these people start to tell the truth on the broadcast and explain to the listeners who's coming on the field and why they don't deserve on the field. Taylor Twelman sometimes, he, you know, he, he won't say the guy sucks, but yeah. he's like, I'm not really sure what that gives you. Kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. but, he I says mean, this all the time. But I think people, like, when you watch EPL, like, they're like, this seems like a really bad decision. They won't, like, throw the player under the bus. They're like, this right. seems like a really right. bad decision to put in a player who's suffering from confidence and lack of... Uh, any sort of evidence who Hopefully can score goals. He'll get out of they'll, the they'll just lay yeah. it out with facts and be like, versus you know beating around the bush. I mean, come on. Eighty yeah. third minute, something like this. Did you see the move by Almada? The cutback in the box. Oh my god! I, I don't know whether it's on the highlight. I didn't watch the highlights, yeah. but he makes a cutback move, and the yeah. defender literally 
falls over. I did see that. <laughs> I right. was like, oh my God. I mean, talk about selling him. I mean, he made that guy look silly, you yeah. know. Oh my God. You know, in basketball, they call that the ankle breaker. Right. I mean, just because it's, you can't break your ankle because you slide on, on grass, but <laughs> otherwise he would have. So, Carmen, you got the question on um, assist leader, who's yes. Tiago Almada. I think mm-hmm. he's got 17 assists. I think he's got 11 goals, something like that. Um, do you think he's a candidate still for MVP? Should be, but everybody's saying Acosta's going to win it. Yeah. Because Acosta has almost the same. He's a little bit behind an assist now, but he has, he's actually tied basically with Gigi for goals. Yeah. And he's on a number a first place team. Yeah. yeah. I so don't think he's going to get I it. I think Amada's going to finish second in the MVP race. Yeah. Unless they make some sort Second's of. Second's pretty good. Unless. Unless. Uh, and uh, uh, Luciano uh, Acosta is like 33 or something. And, oh, really? And Almada's like 10 years younger. <laughs> so. But do you think. It, it, does the MLS Cup play into that voting or is it all regular season? Regular season. Okay. Yeah, uh, no, he's not okay. going to get it. Then. Yeah, nope. no. It's a done deal. Yeah. Acosta's okay. your MVP, sadly. Sorry, Amato. Anything else? Yeah, he's a fabulous season. Yeah, um, I have a couple of small things. 86-minute uh, fabulous ball from Almada onto Lennon in one of his underlapping runs yeah. right in the box. Would have been in on goal. Makes a bad touch. Mm. I remember that. It was a very bad first touch. Yeah, Really bad first touch. So uncharacteristic. Yeah. You know, just pointing it out. And then here's the thing. So Tiare, right? So Tiare comes in. He gets a yellow card. I can't remember what the actual yellow card was for. But then on in the 90th minute, on a yellow card, he got pissed off. Somebody bumped him, whatever. He ran back, fouled a guy. The referee said play on. He ran a few yards, fouled a second guy, and ran, and then fouled a third guy. And the referee was like, you, you're on a yellow card. I mean, how he, did he not get sent I off? I remember that too now. How could he possibly not get sent off? He fouled three guys on one play. Yeah. <laughs> on a yellow card. I love it. Ru- chasing back after he was already angry and it was just blatant that he was doing it on purpose. So right there, there's evidence that he's a way better player than Miguel Berry. Oh, <laughs> At least he's facts. pissed off. Yeah. Absolutely when facts. have you ever seen Miguel Berry fight back and Never. be like, oh my God, he should have gotten sure. carded three times oh, on God. the same play. Or even run. Or yeah. even run. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. Okay, so let's now revisit we are our predictions, right? So I said that we were going to get three ties. Okay. And I thought, so I said, here's the thing. The formula would have said loss on the road to Philadelphia. And I said, our scoring is so much better that what you could see is us scoring two or three and maybe getting a 2-2 or 3-3 tie. So I ended up saying 3-3 tie. Yeah. It's close. You were close. It was really close. I think you you guys had loss. Did you have tabs? Yeah, I think we had loss for the Philadelphia game. You guys stuck to the formula, you were, yeah. and I was like the you optimistic guy. That's, that's very odd that yeah. you were the optimistic So you're all right, and I was wrong. Okay. <laughs> I, uh, I took a poll on the uh, ATL on Fire trivia, or, not, or the, uh, the Twitter X handle or whatever, and I think everyone was way over optimistic that it was going to be win, win, win. Oh, really? Um, yeah. yeah. Right. It's like, you know, almost 60%. And yeah, not watching yeah, the actual games. Not actually watching. It's just all. That's fan. Hoping, fan of hey, hoping you prayer. know, look. Yeah, hey, you're a fan. Because like, hey, there was win. like 75 votes on that one. It was, you know, almost. Okay. 
almost statistically relevant. Um, all right, now we uh, we we're at home, Mercedes Benz. Yep. Uh, tell me about that one. So you would say at home, you know, at home against the best teams, you get a tie. And against the, you know, mediocre teams, y'all, you win. And even some of the best teams, you win. So you would have kind of said the formula would have said tie to win. You know, it's hard to say. Um, But we didn't come close to winning. Yeah. I I looked at some of the stats, like I was saying, and we were like, they had double the shots that Atlanta had. Way more shots on target. um, Way more touches inside of our box than we had inside of their box. And so... Um, not, not good. Look like it's sounded from all commentary. It sounded like we just got drubbed. I was sitting next to our good friend, Kevin's son, Nate, mm-hmm. and who plays at a pretty high level as a youth player. He's yeah. you know, young. And I was saying, you know, watch what we do as our outside backs in this game. Cause you can see it live. You can watch that. And I was like, they're coming in or whatever. He's like, after a while, he's like, why are they doing that? Stop doing that. Mark the guy. Yeah. Then the, my point in that story is, you know, if you take a whatever, how old he is, 11, 12-year-old old kid, and you just let him go, they'll mark the guy. They mark yeah. the guy. And we just keep running in. And I, and I have to say that, you know, Wilford Nancy, who's the Columbus coach, right? He's brand new. He came so Mont- He was coach of Montreal last year. Montreal is a been a terrible franchise last year he finished fifth made the playoffs like the first time they made the playoffs in a yeah. long time was a real threat late in the gear then columbus was like big boss man we just bought him right off of montreal just bought him out yeah, i think he was contract wasn't even out yeah. and they were just like we'll take you and they struggled out of the gate first five or ten games they were, eh, whatever and then as soon as he's got a hold of that team they've been by far the best team in the mls okay so coming to Atlanta in this game, you know, sort of maybe a, a, a preview of what might happen in the playoffs, right? And it is so clear that Wilfred Nancy watches what happens on our team, and he was like, I don't get it. They're so easy to beat. Because every time they had the ball, they played into the middle where yeah. we are overmatched because we have so much distance between Josetu and Muyamba. And then immediately that guy played it out wide behind the backs. A couple times when it didn't work, they passed it back, and then he switched it out wide to the other <laughs> side. right? And in the first 20 minutes, I swear to God, Gressel had like eight free crosses. And he was looking around like... Why do I have all this? I mean, I know the coach it? said that this is what we're supposed to do and it would work, but this is freaking easy. Yeah, And, and Miles... And Abram, poor guys, were dealing with these unbelievably whipped-in crosses, and they survived. Miracle. But you're like, if I were those guys, I would be like, God damn it, please somebody stop the free cross. And it was so obvious. They just were like, boom, boom, every time. Boom, boom, every time. Boom, boom. And they're like, if you're not going to mark it, that's what we're going to keep doing. So what you're saying is we should pinch in. Oh, <laughs> He's heating up. He's on fire. I mean, it wasn't just that he was getting free crosses. It was the same combination. It was like, oh, 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 oh. Every single time. And you're like, it's like uh, it's on a loop. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> and I was like, 
ah, is somebody going to stop that? And it was weird because here's the one of these crazy things, right? So after the game, Pineda said, they hit us with something unusual in the first half that we had to tactically adjust to. <laughs> uh-huh. It was a pass to the middle and a ball behind our outside back. Uh, so did you see any adjustment in the second half? Not really. Okay. The only thing that happened is Columbus was, you know, scored the goal and then they, they actually got a little complacent and let us. But in the second half, they did the same thing and, and we're going to score more goals. They should have been up 3 nothing. By the stats, it looked that way. <laughs> so, you know, my point is it doesn't matter now. We talked so much about the airplanes and everything else. It doesn't matter if those guys are back because they're not, they don't actually close anybody down out right. wide. They, they're just in, in their in-between land with their, most of the time with their hands behind their back. And it, they <laughs> seem to want, we seem to want to form a box. It's almost like there's a magnet, right? So, so Miles and Abram are right there. And then Jose too has to go back to them. And the outside guys have to go back to them. And they form a little box. And then they go, oh, wait till it. And it's too late. They're in, in between land. <laughs> and I'm like, what, what, what is our magnet? What, what is that, that draw? Except for, of course, we know that it's coaching. But why? What are we so afraid of in the middle? Don't know. We got I don't get it. very strong players in the middle. I really don't get it. Center back position. I have no idea. Although I will say, you know, the one thing I noticed about this game, Abram, not uh, not a true MLS defender. Okay. He is so afraid of somebody turning him. He just backs up. If you watch him, I was watching him off the ball all the time. He just backs up and backs up and backs up. He never aggressively goes after Well, we it. saw that on that goal that was scored against Guzan where he said it was you know, he, yeah. didn't, he didn't close the guy. He kept backing, yeah. backing He's up. He's afraid of somebody turning him all the time didn't, for Didn't pace. want to close that space and let the guy. Which is crazy. If you're a coach and you have a guy who's not the paciest as a center back, right? You know, people are like, oh, you better play a little deeper. Uh-uh. If you play a little deeper, you'll give them momentum. They're going to go right by you. Yeah. Your only chance, if you are one of those guys who's not as pacey as a defender. Put a little friction against them. Yes. You got to get up on them. And if you ever get turned, yeah. body them up and obstruct them. Yeah, obstruction. Grabbing. Little cheeky stuff. Yes. Like, I, whatever you got to do these yes. days. If you don't know the, the wrist hold move, <laughs> if you haven't learned the... Please oh, they explain. Wrap, oh, Please explain. Oh, like when you get close to someone, you like grab their wrist and you pull straight down. Because okay. if you... Yeah, if you... If you do like a shirt tug or your dead giveaway, right? There's, there's uh, right. jersey you, being pulled. You see fabric. You see fabric. But if you like actually get a hold of someone's wrist and pull straight down, then your arm, their arm isn't like you're stopping them uh -huh. again. And then and then you create some sort of, they do something, you do something, then you hook them. <laughs> I love and it. just create a, that's half a second that just matters. Enough. Just enough. <laughs> and then you got to know just when to release. It's like everything. <laughs> like you hold on. It's like, it's like. You know, defensive holding in NFL. Uh -huh. You got to have the art of when to let go or you get called for it and you get start to get a feel for that. I love it. I actually knew what it was. I just wanted to hear you I describe know. it because it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Carmen's like, I've been doing that for years yeah. too. Um, yeah, so then Columbus dominated us. I, the ironic, Here's the ironic part, right? So they should have scored all of these easy goals. And then the one they scored was a super hard one where they put together another beautiful combination of things where you can't really blame our defense that much. I mean, it was a terrific goal. But we should have given up three or four easy ones and we give up the hard one, right? You're like, ugh. So what, what, yeah, what did the goal look like uh, that 
the the crew ended up scoring on us. It's a nice goal, and they are over on the side. I'll just set you up for it. We have it all packed in and marked up, but there's a little yeah. movement. And I and the, the the one thing you will say defensively. So I'll tell you when to pause it. So hit. Oh, are you there? Almost. She's changing the, the <laughs> scenes here. This is where our double pivot hurts us because um, Josetu is not really playing a defensive midfielder. So, okay. So sort of pause it now. Is that Josetu floating okay. behind the ref Ho there? No. Yeah, Josetu is right in the middle of the field, right? And Muyamba's way out there, okay? So if you're a true defensive midfielder, Right, so there is a guy who's there who's he's sort of responsible. It's for Nogby. Nogby never really makes that run or whatever. You know, a true defensive midfielder would have gone over to that side just to know that the danger is over there. Yeah. But he's actually, this is where you can see he's playing a double pivot. So um, Muyamba is actually playing a right side and he's actually the left sided. So he hit that force field yeah. where he's like, I kind of want to go, but that's not my role. <laughs> So he just stayed, and and if he had moved over there, he could have. It wasn't his fault, but if he moved over there, he could have bailed them out. But that's the only thing that could have happened because this watch play the clip. It's a terrific goal, boom, boom, yeah. boom. Do yeah. there. Now it turns out that it looked like he made that beautiful pass in the box. He didn't. Josetu got back and actually kicked it into his shin, and it went off his shin to the guy. Yeah. So that was a little lucky, but it looked like a beautiful pass. Yeah. It, it did. It did. So it was a little unlucky in the end. But, um, yeah, that's not – I mean, there's not much you can do. It was a great run. Muyamba is just ball-watching again, which is why the guy gets behind him. And that's why he's not a defensive midfielder. But that's the, not the player he is. Yeah. I mean, but that's – sorry. If you look at Jose, too, the, like we talked about, he's not a defender. No, he's he, not. He goes in <laughs> soft with a little cheeky little – like defensive thing and yeah, like he came in there and poked it yeah, as opposed it. to sliding through him and <laughs> yeah. taking a tackle. Yeah, of course. Yeah. You know like what I mean? There, but yep. he didn't. He didn't oppose any yep. sort of like you're not getting by me. Right. And, and that's what happens when you play yep. defense that way. It was an offensive it wasn't, defensive. It wasn't move. unlucky. Yep. It was. That's what you get. Okay. I agree. Yeah. I agree with that. Okay, oh. so here's my main point. Okay, are we ready for it? And you are you. You slightly killed my rant because uh -oh. you, you brought it up on the, the trivia. The, the goal differential. Well, so here's the thing. So last year, if you all will recall, right? So last year we were woeful, right? I mean, we were terrible, right? And we finished way down the table. We didn't come close to making the playoffs, right? And what did everybody say? If you talked about the universe, they said, oh, we had so many injuries, Right. Right. That was the thing. Pineda yep. said it. Oh, injury, injury, injury. All the people on Twitter said it. Some of our rival podcasts said it. They said it was the injuries, injuries, injuries. And we said, uh-uh. They actually got yeah. a really good replacement in Parata for um, for Miles when yeah. he went down. And it didn't, you know, yes, like he was not Miles. But that didn't look to me like it was the problem. It yeah. was the tactics. Yeah, it was okay? still the same thing we're talking about now, which is the pinching in. And we, we about last were... Year. Right. And the reason why we're right, we can prove it. So this year, we have had everybody healthy the entire time. Last year, we gave up 54 goals. This year, we've given up 51 goals. We're about to give up two to Cincinnati. It's going to be probably 53. <laughs> yeah. Right? So yep. we have had the perfect health. Healthiest and it's exactly team. Exactly the same. Healthiest team I can remember in Atlanta. Yes. 
<laughs> so tell me where the injuries are now, Pineda. Yeah. He's heating up. I mean, seriously. He's on fire. I, I so what I would say soft. is the gold numbers that we give up is not a player thing. It's a team Pineda tactic thing. Yep. That's what we said last year. We saw it and we were right. It wasn't the injuries, and we can prove it because this year we didn't have any injuries. Same exact result. Yep. Uh-huh. And this is also despite we are number one in the league in possession. So that means our defenders have had to defend less than anybody else in the entire league. Right? And we've still given up all those goals. I love it. <laughs> Coming with facts. I know. <laughs> Look at Professor. So the only difference in our team this year... There's a big difference in our team. So last year, I have it written down. Last year, we scored... Oh, sorry, it's on the other. Just one second. Last year, we scored... uh, 48, right? Which was pretty bad. Yeah. This year, we've scored 64. Okay? Mm -hmm. So that's a huge difference. So if you look at our team... The only thing that has changed is goals. Yeah. We have scored a lot more goals. So now there are two possibilities, and I think both of them are contributing. You can say, look, that's all on Pineda, right? Why are you criticizing defensively? We've done so much better offensively. So, yeah, maybe Pineda has done some good things to get goals. I kind of think it's the players. We've really scored a lot of goals, particularly since we've gotten Gigi and, and Saba and, right. and Silva. players with skill. Like and Almada gonna- has had a, an um, banner year yeah yes but i think the big difference was having Gigi as a striker we didn't have anybody last year yeah i mean not 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 in that kind of form of course right um yeah he's a force amada's went into his second full year in the mls and lit it up with composure and class and you know had he finished his season strong with some more of those free kicks that we just never really got in those great positions for him to take those perfect free kicks there's a few of them, but not as many as I was hoping for towards the end of the season to yeah. create some We've slumped off a little bit since we have been, but early on we were, the goal differential was almost all based on free kicks and corners. Yeah. So here's the thing, right? So if you're Atlanta, regardless of what happens, and we'll talk about the playoffs in a second, but regardless of what happens to us in the playoffs, right? Probably, almost for sure, Miles is gone unless maybe we somehow make him a designated player and he stays. That gets tricky because then we take the spot from from uh, potentially keeping Almada. Or if there's a fourth, you know? Yeah, or if there's a fourth. But you got to figure it's likely that Robinson is gone. It is fairly likely that Almada is gone, okay? So if we lose those two players, right, we lose <laughs> the only thing that's good in our defense. And <laughs> we lose... Uh, the number of goal contributions is ridiculous with Almada, right? Mm-hmm. We are just yeah. not the same team. To be honest, the, probably the entire difference between 48 and 64, even though Almada was here, the end yeah. um, is him playing so much better this year. I He's mean, been so good. I would say way above like his goals and assists. Like, but people, I mean, I think people see it, but it's that transition play that he makes where he gets the ball one side, moves it across, and then all of a sudden plays a little hooking ball way out to yeah, Lennon or really whoever. Good. And just the pace of it, the timing of it, it just calms everything down. 
and lets everybody have their head up. That's all Almada. And that's why, like, he's obviously an MVP candidate because of the traits that he has there. It's just anybody who knows how to judge that is looking at him and be like, wow, that's a special player. So obviously we don't know who we're going to replace them with or whatever, but you're going to be hard-pressed no matter who you get to get a better defender than Miles or a better, I mean, I think, as we just talked about a second ago, I really think Almada truly is MVP. I think actually he's been better than Acosta. Um, Acosta scored on penalties and things. But anyway, and so has Almada a little bit. But anyway, they're very close. Yeah, He's basically an MVP, right? So if we lose those two players over or under... Right? We've given up the previous year. We gave up 54 goals. This year, let's say we're going to give up 53. Right? Are we getting better defensively? If we get a new coach. No, I'm saying if we keep Pineda, which I think is likely. You got to figure. So go ahead, Carmen. Oh, no. No. So I think you can pretty much pencil us in for somewhere between 50 and 55 and, goals against. And not to mention a Brad Guzan who just it needs to yeah. hang the we got to get a new goalkeeper, which we may or may not do. Anyway, so then we lose Almada. This year we've scored all those goals. It's, what did I say, 64? Yeah, I scored 64, yeah. Yeah, 64. So are we going up or down? Down. 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 Correct. I think so. So... Yeah. I mean, this is really what my point of that saying all that is we have learned that basically Pineda is never going to be a better defensive coach than basically 53 goals. Right. That's basically what is very clear. Yeah. Now he could get better over time or whatever, but he's a, right now he's a 53 goal conceded coach. Right. And we're not getting better players offensively. So we may not recapitulate all the goals we've scored. Even with all of those things that we've done, we're only sixth. Yeah. Log away. Are you listening? So <laughs> how does anybody, every, there's a whole bunch of people out there saying we have momentum, we've gotten better, which is true. We've scored more goals. But how is anybody looking at our team and thinking that next year we're going to be better? Because they look at the exciting part. Yes. Yeah. I think they see That's, we're getting better and it's a much more entertaining it's, product. It's entertaining because we're scoring 64 goals, but... Yeah. We're but if you think about it and analyze it... Yeah, if we think about it and analyze it, it's the fearful limbo that... Which I know takes a bit of the joy out of it. It does. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry <laughs> out there, podcast It's, it's the fearful limbo that you've now re- made me realize that we're heading into yeah. if Pineda stays as, as the head coach. So what I feel like is we have sort of at our pinnacle in terms of we have a very good team, and Pineda has only been able to get that team to six. Now, you might say he just possibly could get a team higher, but... The problem I have with saying that is the defensive side. Yeah. Because you are never going much higher when you're giving up 53 goals. Never. So can I No matter you, how good you are, you just can't outscore that. You know the playoff format better than me, I think, right now, because I yeah. don't know it at all. Um, the difference between 6th and 7th place, is it a factor for us, really? No. Okay. So basically, so it starts with a one-game wild card between um, eight and nine to see who gets the last spot. It's a one-game playoff at the eighth. Whoever's eight gets the home game, and then they become the eighth. After that, it's a true you know draw. So it's one through eight. One plays eight, two plays seven, three plays six, yeah. four plays five. So the only thing we're playing for in Cincinnati is nothing. Nothing. 
And Cincinnati's playing for nothing. Nothing. It's going to be a horrible because game. Because if Nashville... Uh, everybody's going to rest so, everybody. So my question is, Nashville really playing for anything? Because if Nashville wins their next two games, they end up being six, and Atlanta United ends up being... Yeah, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. And so, I mean, you, the only thing you could say is maybe one team has a preference in terms of the matchup. But if you look at it, right, so Cincinnati's one, clearly. Orlando's two, right? That's not going to change, yeah, right? Yeah, they're, yeah. They're, here, you're going to bring it up, right? So, Philadelphia and Columbus and New England, is, is there's some question. There could actually be a road, you know, New England could actually get a back above it, but I don't think it's likely to happen. I think it's probably going to be... Philadelphia and Columbus. But anyway, it doesn't matter. So if we're sixth right now, we play Philadelphia at third. If we're seventh, we play Orlando at two. Does anybody, I mean, to be honest, I think the better team to play is Orlando. Yeah. Because we're a local rival against them, mm -hmm. even though they have more points. I think that's probably a better matchup for, I, I think we'd be better off moving down one. Yeah. But honestly, Cincinnati, Orlando, Philadelphia, and Columbus are the best teams right. in so all of MLS. And there's at. really not was, a lot of difference. I was curious. So it's like the whole Cincinnati game is all about staying healthy. Yeah. So he so Pineda's gonna rest everybody. Yeah. You're gonna see changes up the wazoo. Tiara is gonna start. Um, you'll probably see Fortune starting. Yeah. Uh, I assume Parata's gonna start. Um, I'm going to guess that Hernandez gonna is going to start for Lennon. So come out of the blue. <laughs> <laughs> Etienne will probably start. Etienne, yeah. Will we be okay with Barry starting this game? No. <laughs> <laughs> Please. I'm fine watching Josh Wolf and Etienne. Maybe not Etienne, not so much. But uh, I'm really not fine with watching Barry. Actually, you know I am. Maybe he'll get injured. <laughs> I said it. <laughs> <laughs> I literally almost spit out my line. Is it weird that I kind of knew Mikey Knopf was going to say that? Just a little bit, which is why I asked the question. Uh, <laughs> I'm a terrible person. Uh, you guys know this. That's why we love you. Yeah. Carmen said you have sex. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so that's what I think. So now let's talk about the playoffs. Playoffs. So Miami is out of the playoffs. Miami. I win, by the way. You owe me a bottle of wine. Yeah, because we were the bet was which one was going to go further in the <laughs> yeah. playoffs, Atlanta or Miami? Yeah. Atlanta, <laughs> sure. And I said it because Miami ain't making the playoffs. I said that's the easiest bet ever because they're not making the playoffs. And I and, and to be fair, you know, it's just too far to, to climb. Yeah. yeah. And I I just didn't think that Messi was going to be able to play that many games in a row, and that was also correct. That's true. Um, so, yeah, MLS Cup had that right. Had that right. Predictions. Yes. Now that we're entering in okay, you six wanna, or seven. So, first. So, first off, we're generally yeah. right on where, like, the be beginning yeah. of the season, we said, where are we going to come in in the, in the in the playoffs? I'm pretty sure I said six or seven and mm -hmm. on day one. And then. He in, was right. He and was we, right. Were, we were yeah. one or two slots below that. Yes. But, but when we did the new signings, I did adjust. I said. I said, because I'm a fan, I'm like, I think we can get to fifth or fourth. Yeah. Because I was wanted wrong. us to get there. <laughs> um, but yeah, we ended up in sixth or seventh. You said like eighth. I so think. we said, you know, eighth or ninth. I think probably if you had asked me deep down once we got these new signings, I do think we were one place better, but not what you were. And I would have said one place or up from where we were. And I would have said just sort of the same. So I would have stuck with probably seven or eight. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, mean, I feel like we're all definitely in the right. We're, we're all definitely in the right. We so had the season nailed. Yeah. That's for sure. We had exactly what was going to happen. Unfortunately, yes, <laughs> yes. And yeah, I, I have no faith that when we come up against good teams in this MLS Cup playoff, that uh, we're going to be able to advance. I think you know the the Philadelphia and Columbus uh, games were the perfect test. I mean, we have again healthy players. Uh, you know, we had a reason to play to try to get to a, a four spot, but we're, we're not going to get there. And we're not going to get there in the MLS Cup, unfortunately. And now I'm rooting all the way. Of course. Like if oh, if sure. the dynamics change, I'm not trying to be a, a, a downer, uh, but <laughs> I don't know. Where, where do you think we're going to fall? Where, where do you what think do the got? axe is going to fall? What do we got? Let's well, see. Carmen, you want to weigh in? So I think... That it's likely, so Nashville has the extra game in hand, which is tomorrow, right? Um, it's a tough game, though. What do they play, New England? They yeah, have a tough. They, they do play New England next, and then. Um, uh, they have a tough road. It's all tough. From the I know New England's in the mix. Yes. And then Red Bulls, yeah. And then Red Bulls. But I think they beat Red Bulls. Which gets them in because I don't think that even with our change side, we're not going into Cincinnati and win. We're going to lose. No, it doesn't get them in. It doesn't put them above us. No, but it puts it above us, right? No. Look at this. It, it puts them a point behind us. If they win and we get nothing, if, they have two games. If they win and and lose against Red Bulls, oh, then they're a point behind then us. They're a point behind us. Yeah. Aha, Correct, I looked at it today. <laughs> right, I can't believe I'm right on the math. Here. So they mean, so they got to get. Even if it doesn't matter, so, so they got to beat both teams. They got to beat New England. So it's yeah, all going to be exactly even a tie. We have they the better need, goal they differential. They need the six points, no matter what. To that's what, mm. and that's why I was asking. Does it mm. matter? Because I was yeah. like, does it matter if because Nashville has to win their next two games to get ahead of us yeah. to sixth? So we're looking quite likely at Philadelphia. Okay. Ooh. Now, yeah, Philadelphia in the first round. I, I always, I always like out. a revenge tour. So, all yeah, right, we're like going to revenge we're tour, gonna, but we're, we're going to beat Philadelphia. That's my prediction. No. <laughs> so you're saying we're going out right away? Well, so so the way the playoffs works, as I was just finishing, so there's there's the one game wild card, and then it's just a, an eight straight tournament. Yeah. But in the first round, there is a series of three, three game series. So it's the home team gets two at home, and then the other team gets one. It's first team to two wins. There are no ties. There is no overtime. It just goes straight penalty I'm kicks. I'm so confused. So we go to Philadelphia. Are you confused, Carmen? I, I'm always confused. We're going to go to Philadelphia. Let's say it's Philadelphia, which okay. is likely, it seems. We're going to go to Philadelphia. And that's us fish finishing in sixth place. Yeah. Okay. We got Philadelphia. We go to Philadelphia, okay. and so there has to be a winner. So... They either beat us in regular time, probably, or best we get a tie, and then it goes directly to penalty yeah. kicks, and they Has beat us in penalty kicks, yeah. right? So then we come back here, right? Yeah. And I can see us getting either a win or a tie at home and beating them in penalty kicks. I think that we survived that. Okay. But then we got to then go to Philadelphia in game three and win on the road. We play Philadelphia three straight. Yes, that's the whole point. It's a three-game series. See, I do this podcast, people, but it's at the end. <laughs> this is the stupidest playoff format. It is format. the stupidest playoff oh, format yeah. ever. That's You're getting sure. real-time reaction from me. 
<laughs> I may have read this, but now yeah. that it's at the end of the season, yeah, now that's reality, and it's reality. Are you kidding We're me? We're playing Philadelphia, and we just played Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah. Right? so yeah. four times in a row. Yeah. This is MLS. So we have to beat this Philadelphia is MLS. twice. This is Apple TV, is what this. That, is. You're correct. Yeah, exactly. We we talked about. It. I was like, why is this? It's because right. Apple TV needed inventory. Yep. So I think we're going out in the first round. I mean, I think if we somehow get a miracle and Nashville climbs over us and we get Orlando, oh. I think we have a chance against Orlando, maybe. I still think we'll, I would probably put us as losing that series, but it's a better chance than Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah. I think we try to lose to Cincinnati for sure. Well, we're going to lose to Cincinnati. That's not a problem. We okay. just have to have Nashville win both well, games. Well, no, Cincinnati is not going to start, so it's going to be like... Yeah, but it doesn't matter. Their weak squad is going to be better than us because it's tactics, and okay. they're at home. So they're going to play a weak squad. We're going to play a weak squad, yeah. but they're at home, and they have the better coach, so they're going to win. Okay. Don't worry, we're going to lose. I, just, I hate to agree with you. I, it's my problem right now. <laughs> <laughs> Cincinnati's going to beat us in the final game. So you, our only hope, if you're an Atlanta United fan, you got to go pray Nashville beats New England. And New England's been free-falling, so it's possible. And is that at Nashville or is it New England? What do we got? Let's see. Are we looking at the Nashville game? Nashville, New England, is it? I think it's in Nashville. When I looked at it earlier, they're on the top, right? Which means at home. I yeah. thought that's how this thing worked and on the schedule. Yeah, I think top is home, which is weird. Yeah, left is home, sports. right? Yeah. What's Geodis Park? Where's that? Yeah, that's Nashville. Not yeah. New England. Geodis. Okay. Yes. Geodis. <laughs> <laughs> so New England it. plays at Gillette. Samsonite. So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> yeah, so I actually think that Nashville has a chance, and that's what we got to really root for, because I do think that they will beat Red Bull. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I mean, honestly, do I think overall Nashville is going to win both games? No, because they have really no incentive to win both games, mm -hmm. right? Winning both games to switch over us just to get yeah. Philadelphia – yeah. Why? This also. Why do they want? You this, know, they have really no incentive right. to do that. This right. evidence is also showing how flawed the playoff system is. Yeah. When at the end of the season, when it should be exciting, when there's no pro rel, there's not even any. Okay, and there's not even any sort of incentive to try to win at the end of the season. Like Emma lost is seriously flawed. This Red. is something they have Carmen. to fix, man. Carmen, you ready? I'm going to make Mikey Dubs mad. <gasps> you ready? That's pretty easy. Oh, I love it. No, I this is it. really going to make you mad <laughs> because there's another problem, okay. a big problem. All right. So right now is an international break. Oh, that's right. So Nashville is playing New England and all of their internationals on both teams are not available. It's the critical playoff jockeying spot, yeah. and they're each missing four starters because they're on international break. Yeah, but like you said, it doesn't even mm. much matter for... No, but Nashville. doesn't that piss you off? Like, it's MLS down to the playoff or whatever, say, and they're just going to play yeah. through the international what, break? What international break is happening right now? It's an international break. That means that the U.S. national team is going to play. Yeah. We play Germany and oh, whatever. So it's friendly. It's friendly. All the, yeah, it's just friendly. So are we missing people too? Far so MLS is the only league that plays straight through an international break. Uh, now they did it to be fair to MLS. They did it because of League's Cup to get it squeezed it in. That's yeah. why. This is a consequence. But it is really shambolic to have critical playoff spot determining games right. where yeah. the stars are not going to play because yeah. they're on international I mean, 2D. But that's, a, yeah. Oof. So not only is it flawed with international break, it's also flawed of 
some of the games that don't don't matter, like Atlanta United, Cincinnati. Yeah, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. And it should. I mean, there should be some incentive say, to try to yeah. move up, and we have none. But that's the thing. Even there is I mean, an incentive uh, if you were right on the edge, if you could get in the top four, because then you get the home. Yeah. Right. That's a big incentive. Oh, that got lost when we went 3 yeah. nothing at halftime against Philadelphia. Correct. Yeah. All right. And that's the problem with Pineda, right? That's the difference with the Pineda, because even despite all the things that happened this season, right, yeah. if we did a little bit better in both games, if we got a tie in Philadelphia and a win at home, then we're in a, a home field advantage spot. And probably, it's not absolutely sure, but probably. So what do you think about Messi and his introduction to the MLS success? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Why not? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, just... I think the Miami fans are all grumpy because they assumed that he was going to win the League's Cup, win the U.S. Open Cup, and get him in the playoffs. For a guy his age, that was too much to ask, as we said right from the beginning. Yeah. Well, Messi, this buds for you because uh, – Dave, I'm I'm showing you a little bit of uh, some history here with the history, the uh, the previous U.S. Soccer League, the what what's the uh, abbreviation American North North American NASL. Soccer League, yeah, um, where Pele came in what 1975 it looks like here. Yep, decides to uh, sign. Pele came to New York the same year I did. Sign with the Cosmos. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, came a different route. Yeah, neighbor of mine, <laughs> neighbor of my parents uh, gave me this uh, look. So back in the day, there was even seventy-seven thousand people watching yeah. Pelé. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah. put on a show. So you know, history is uh, good. You know, Pelé made a huge difference in U.S. soccer. Yes, any way you you slice it, like yeah, he, we he, had, but it was one step forward and two steps back before yeah. we got there. But yeah, I mean, one thing that's been a joy. Right is MLS is really doing well. Yeah, I mean the atmospheres at, at the atmosphere at all these stadiums is really excellent. The quality of the play overall is pretty good. I mean, you know, it's not Premier League, <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, it's entertaining football yeah. and and you know I was watching a documentary on it, so I didn't realize. I mean, obviously, any of the struggles it went through, uh, you know, in the early two thousands. Uh, with some retraction and all that. I didn't realize who's the LA Galaxy uh, owner. He ended up buying seven MLS teams. Uh, what? To keep the league afloat. To keep the league afloat. Oh, my gosh. I think that investment paid off for him as he made it through the bubble and on the other side. Yeah. But he's evidently the only reason MLS is alive. Hmm. Oh, wow. Is That's because he basically took on all of that debt. The Florida teams all collapsed. So when yeah. MLS started, there were three Florida teams. Yeah. Right? It was so crazy. Who starts with three Florida teams? Right. That didn't yeah. make much sense. But they So all when all that retraction was happening... He absorbed a lot of the investment in the other struggling clubs that I guess didn't fold, yep, um, and, and kept the league alive. Yeah, the original clubs, New England, I think, and and DC United for sure, and Kansas City. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I didn't realize you know there's Columbus Crew. Lamar Hunt, who's obviously important to the league and yep. U.S. soccer, but this guy and, and it, he it was, owns Kansas City. It was like it was a German oh. name like Schultz or something like that. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. Um. Anyway, uh, interesting little fact there. And what else? Uh, so Cincinnati, we think we're going to lose. We think it's Okay, gonna- so let's go on record. So I have us going out to Philadelphia. I mean, it's, we'll maybe talk before. We'll have a, we'll have a MLS probably preview show maybe, yeah. but uh, an MLS Cup preview show. But um, 
we should let's assume that we're playing Philadelphia mm-hmm. right now. Well, we can revise if it's we're not safe, safe bet statistically. So I have us losing to Philadelphia. Mikey Dobbs, hundred <laughs> percent. Carmen, I'm just going to disagree. So if somebody disagrees. Okay, you I, have us winning. Yes. Very very confident, yes, we are going to definitely win. Okay, and now then let's go one step further, right? Who is going to win MLS Cup, and maybe even who is going to be the final? Who's going to get out of the West too? Uh, Notice how I how I how I um, biased the answer there. Yeah. I biased it they're saying it's clearly an Eastern team that's going to win the MLS Cup. I think it's going – I think the two front runners are certainly Cincinnati and Columbus who have the best shot at MLS Cup. I agree. Wow, this is troublesome. I thought, <laughs> you don't like this when y'all agree. Um, you know, I – at that point, it's a crapshoot. I guess I, I would just say I would like to see Cincinnati win. Yep. Um, just Me be, too. Just, <laughs> just, just because I mean, they've had kind of a nice story. Yeah. Right. Um, right. I, I, and then we can buy their coach. Yeah. <laughs> then we can buy – you, you know. talked about that earlier in yeah, the podcast. Power play. Power right. play. Be Let's like, go. MLS Cup champ, come over here, take this yep. big, big uh, roster-buying yep. franchise yep. and mm-hmm. do something with yep. it. Yep. Yep. Okay, so Carmen, who's your so you have who do you have as your winner? Cincinnati. Cincinnati is okay. the winner. Yeah. And who do you have out of the West? You didn't say. Uh, I'm going to go with LAFC as being okay. the most dominant, uh, likely okay. team. They've got the they're they're the team that has the golden boot guy, right? Yep. Yeah. So I'm going to just say they're kind of hot, oh, yeah. hot with him, and yeah. Yeah. Okay. Carmen. I am going to go Columbus wins it all. And I think they play LAFC too in the last. Crap. I have Columbus beating LAFC in the final too. That's what you have? Yeah, so we're all pretty much in agreement. I I have Cincinnati and and, and Columbus in an epic battle. I I think that they. I would like to see Cincinnati win, but I think Columbus is going to beat them. I think that St. Louis is actually could give a run to LA. I think that the leagues are pretty top heavy. I mean, the top four are in the East and the top two in the West. Um, the reason why LA gets past St. Louis is because they have I, more experience. How cool would it be? I, I would love a Cinderella story yeah, where it's Cincinnati, Cincinnati St. Louis? St. Louis. Oh, that would be fantastic. Right? Like Midwest. Midwest oh, showdown. Yeah. That would be, I think be a rivalry game. That'd be great for the league too. Sure. Two, oh, two new clubs man. that are, I mean, what? Cincinnati's only been around, what, four years now? But the, w- the game yeah. that would really be good for the league is L.A. Atlanta, the big yeah. city market. Of course, of course, of course. <laughs> but, That's what we want. But I don't for the league right now, the Cinderella story might be yeah, the better okay. thing because you, you, you know the messy and the, the investment uh, of the fourth designated player is about to hit the books. I mean, it's got to be coming, right? Fourth designated player. The more designated players they put on it, the better we are off. Yeah. Because we can afford to pay way more for those designated players and we can get better ones. Yeah. So then it becomes a more of a, all the European leagues are super, super top heavy. And MLS, yeah. the more designated players equals the, the less parity, the more top it heavy. It seems like these owners, though, even on the smaller clubs, aren't afraid to start. I can see this last year that they should be afraid. They're starting to invest. They should be. Why is that? 
because it gives a huge advantage to the big city markets because they can pay way no, no. more. I'm saying, I'm saying they are showing evidence that they're not afraid to invest. Oh, oh. Yeah. Like, I think there's evidence Only until that, they have to invest. I, I mean, it depends on what you mean by invest, right? So they've gotten some good players yeah. who are, you know, bargain sort of. Even for these owners, owner, a lot of these owners, they're just investors in the Major League Soccer. They're not even owners of the, of the actual team. Do you know that Arthur Blank doesn't own Atlanta United? He's just an investor. Yeah, because MLS owns all the teams. That's right. right. I did not know that. Learn we are a single. Every we day. are a single entity league. They're all technically owned by MLS. Huh. Yeah, no, take that, Ryan Reynolds. Can't, can't have MLS. <laughs> yeah, they own it. They own it. You, you can can't only have any team. You in can MLS. only have shares of MLS. Ah, <laughs> I love it. Suck it. All right. right. But um, Elliot uh, has St. Louis and Cincy. In the final, nice. Cincy winning Cinderella. That's the Cinderella we're talking yeah. about. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we've talked about it all. I can tell Dave is waning. You brought a lot of energy tonight. I appreciate he did. it. Did both so, of y'all did? Yeah, and yeah. Carmen, you pushed all the right buttons. I've, 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 I think we've done well. I think you've done great. All right. Should we leave with Dan Singh? We're out of here, everybody. Thanks for listening. It's been another episode of ATL on Fire.